mystery. And that's just how I'm going to pull it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to the big story. I'm Alex Morrissey, and today we have Ron Salas with us. Um, welcome, Ron. Pleasure to meet you. I've already liked, I'm liking the artwork on the wall behind you. This is exciting. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're, but... we're, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably the world's worst studio decorator. Um, I would say probably, I'm, I got to be in the highest percentile for studio designing, like making a really mm -hmm. good working studio, but mm -hmm. decorating never been my forte when it comes to studios. <laughs> Um, so where, where are you joining, uh, us from? Um, Glen Ellen, Virginia, which is a, a little ways off, a little bit off Richmond. Yeah. So. Awesome. Richmond's kind of a hopping place. Yeah. It's good for, uh, food. A lot of good yeah. food here in Virginia. So I remember when we moved from New York to, uh, my wife and I moved from New York to, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, where we live now. Mm -hmm. We met some people who were from Richmond and they were like, the, the food's really good there. Yeah. And this was like 10 plus years ago. And I was mm -hmm. like, really? So, and then, but like ever since then, like I just keep hearing like the food's really good. So yeah. we had a yeah, great a surprise. Great yeah. We had yeah. a really good surprise when we traveled up to Portland, Maine, not Portland, Oregon, but Portland, Maine. Mm -hmm. And that food is ridiculously good up there. Is it? Yeah, like we went to this, this, I'm just going to say it's a Chinese restaurant, but like the food was made with all local ingredients. Yeah. So it wasn't like this straight up, like what we all expect as far as the same exact flavors and tastes from, you know, right. the, you know, the industrialized, you know, food network out there. Like this was like, everything tasted unique and fresh in its own nice. right. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's gotta be like, that's gotta be like what it tastes like when you actually have the real food. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like our version of that food. I don't right. know. That's mm. great. I've never been there. So I've someday. Yeah. I like highly to do recommend doing a trip up there. Cause it's really, really quite cool. Um, I mean the, the, the main, the, the coast on a main is just unbelievable. So, right. but that's why people tune in to this show is to hear about travel. <laughs> Um, so how long have you been in the, in the, in the game of Dawn comics? Not very long. I'm, yeah. I mean, I look old, really old, but I got into it pretty late. Um, I've only been doing it for about 10 years. Okay. Boy, you're doing um, pretty well. I was in my thirties. Okay. Uh, when I first, yeah. When I first, um, drew comics, so. Well, how did, like, I mean, so, like, yeah, my first one was in your first one. Go ahead. I'm, I, I'm just curious, like, how, like, because, like, you're, if you're getting comics in your 30s, that's not, that's not the normal course. I mean, it's usually, you know, it's a, a young person's obsession kind of just like, I've got to do, you know, um, right. you know, like, it's like we rarely see like a rock star, you know, happen in their 30s and 40s because it's just sort of this kind of thing that doesn't happen. So, um, like, how, like, what were you doing before you said, like, hey, I'm going to take a crack at this narrative? Um, well, I was I was drawing this whole time. Like, I, I've been into comics, um, reading comics since I was five, probably. Okay. Um, you know, reading comics the whole way. Um, but I never really felt like I was good enough to do actually do comics. 
Um, But, you know, I kept drawing and, you know, going to conventions, showing people my work, like sketches and whatever. And enough people said, you know what, you should be doing this. You should be sitting behind the table doing this, you know, drawing comics and all that stuff. So eventually I felt like I should do it. Um, Hmm. If only just so I could say that I did it. Sure, just yeah. cross that cross that that minor effort to be able to get into the comic book industry off that list. Um, right. Yeah, it's so so when when did you? I mean, like so when did you start showing? Because I mean, like I mean, it's like we get you know we get people on the show here who are making comic books, and some people who are making comic books at like the highest levels who have been doing it for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. But like, I hope people who tune in to you know to listen to these you know these conversations recognize like maybe there are people who want to get into making comic books you know mm-hmm. and like and when i say it's a young person's game the reason i say that is that like you have such less of a uh filter when you're young young yeah. say like Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should be a little more cautious with my my energy in life, or maybe I should. Maybe that accounting pathway is a smart one, you know, like or whatever the yeah. thing is. But like, so like to sort of bri- like using that term, like you know that that combat term, which is bridging mm-hmm. the gap. You know, like there's a, there's the, the gap between two people is that safety measure. You know, like mm-hmm. that person's hand can't touch my face, so I'm right. safe. But then it's like, but to commit in a fight means you need to bridge the gap. Right. And and that and to get to when you're creating anything, to put yourself out there right. is to bridge that gap. And right. you didn't, you know, you weren't, you know, sort of dumb and young. You, you know, <laughs> you were older. You had already kind of done a few things in life at that point. Yeah. I was still dumb, but I was just old. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not dumb. I'm absolutely <laughs> stupid. But, but the but the thing is, is like, so how do how do you? I I mean, you said people said, oh, you should be doing this, but you you still had to put the book together and right. bring that those pages and show them to people, which is a terrifying prospect mm-hmm. for everybody at whatever level it is. So. Right very long preamble there but like so what was it internally like for you um to get to that point to say hey i'm gonna show something to somebody well hmm because i first i I did start i didn't start off drawing like a major comic like i did like short stories and all of that i did a short story um in the pop gun i did a short story here and there for anthologies yeah. Um, so I can get in that way, small bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Um, I think the first, but but the thing is, like, I got in by making a commit. Like, you know, I would, other people, I, I'm not doing it by myself. Right. I'm working with other people, whatever, writer, colorist, whatever. Mm, okay. So I would go into it, making a commitment to work with these other people. And once right. I made the commitment, I'm forced to finish it. So you you kind of utilize an external sort of structure of some sort, deadline, uh, commitment, whatever the thing is, right? To somewhat overcome whatever internal dialogue that might go, 
hmm, maybe uh, <laughs> you think, you know, because like, exactly, yeah, because I mean, I'll, you know, I, I won't throw names out there, but like, I know someone who was phenomenal illustrator, hmm. like brilliant, great illustrator. But who, who is who is that illustrator? I'm not telling you. What <laughs> this person, this person stepped out into the real world, mm. you know, with everything laid out for them. Like really, like the carpet was rolled out, off you go, go become, you know, be, go become a hotshot illustrator. Right. And that person never, ever did anything mm. because they were so afraid to, to sort of put themselves out there and not be the superstar that they were for the previous however many years. Right. And it was a really, it was really confusing because mm -hmm. I'm like, why, why are you not doing this? Because you're the one who we were all like, oh, well, I mean, there wasn't even a question. You're just going to be fine. You're going to do your thing. And then right. like years go by and nothing ever happened. And we're like, well, well let's just, mm -hmm. what, what's happened. So that's um, disappointing, a wasted potential, you know, it's a um, huge, it, you know, in so many ways, it's such a waste of potential. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the person's living a wonderful life now and has, you know, but a completely different career and has nothing to do with what they spent a fair chunk of their life trying to, you know, achieve. So, mm -hmm. and, but that's internal dialogue winning the battle, you know, and that's not any, you know, and I mean, we all lose that, that battle you know, from time to time. So like, it's the, it's the coping mechanisms that we utilize and engage with to achieve those things. Because when you're young and you're stupid, you don't need those as much because you're just like, I'm just <laughs> going to ask her out and you go run right. over and ask the girl out or you go, Hey, would you dance with me? You know? And they go, you know, and you know, maybe they say yes, maybe they say no. But the thing is, is like, you know, like as a friend of mine, you always say like, well, I mean, if you're not, you know, like if you're not going to get shot in the face, then what's what's there to worry about right right so so was that your like so was that your thing was like okay well if i say yes to somebody else then i'll i'll have to do it yeah, exactly because i would never my main problem was why i never did comics was okay i made i made a comic put it out there right and i can't look at it ever again because it's a piece of crap you know or you know yeah. It, it's just something that's totally embarrassing and I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to sure. be embarrassed and everybody's going to know how crappy I am. Um, <laughs> but because I've made this commitment, even yeah. if it is a piece of crap, it still has to be out there. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's so funny because when you do, when you do your, your work, I mean, it always ends that you, all you do is ever look at this is a mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, after you're done, you're like, boy, man, Oh, if only I could have like not done that, you know, kind of stuff. Like, um, it's always it's always tough. So you know, so accept the fact that what you're going to do is going to end up being crappy to you eventually. It's going to be a yeah. That's a good mantra. Is that a T-shirt? Would that be a workable T-shirt? It's kind of like kind of verbose. Was it was <laughs> so be a workable? I guess so. Maybe. <laughs> uh, let me see how I yeah. I mean, I, I used to work in T-shirts, so I think that would work. Thing that you can yeah. In there. So where now? Where did you grow up? Um, two different places. I, I used to live in the Philippines. Um, okay. I was born in the Philippines. I moved to, um, and I moved when I was twelve to Canada, um, Toronto area. Oh wow. Toronto, Canada, and I lived there till about twenty-one, and then I moved to the U.S. when I was about twenty-one. Okay. Wow. Awesome. 
let's so that's that's three very different kind of places to you know to to grow in uh so did you did you discover comics in uh the philippines yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean i don't know if you know like um oh i know you've heard of like Filipino artists or whatever uh but yeah. they have a huge um background in, in comics in the philippines so yeah. i was reading mostly homegrown filipino comics sometimes i would be able to pick up like an uh an american comic um Usually, because we, we don't have, like, you know, comic stores a lot in the Philippines. We were just, um, just buying comics off the newsstands. And sometimes they would have uh, reprints of American comics at the newsstand. So I would okay. buy those. Yeah. So I, I've been reading comics since I was little. Um, and, you know, that's that's why that's why I fell in love with it. And what was it, what it was, it you know, for them? Like, like I don't know, like... Like my first, I, my first comic books were like one of those. I think they were like one of those three packs that, that they would sell in the states, mm -hmm. here, which came in a, a plastic bag. And right, you would see it at Kmart, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I remember getting one of those, and like there was a horror comic in there which scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> um, and and then the, there was a city silly like kitty comic in there, like with you know an, animals, and then there was like an adventure comic of some sort of like, you know, some kind, you know, and those, they were super excited. You know, they, I remember, I mean, I, I kept them for years and years and years. Um, like, I mean, the, the covers are tattered by the time I think they disappeared, but, <laughs> um, but it was the adventure comic that kind of stuck with me, you know, I guess maybe had, you know, I don't know whether if I had channeled this scary stuff and you know, the better direction, I would have ended up loving horror better, but, um, like, was there a certain type of comic that you dug? Um, I was pretty much into anything I could find. It, it, it was mostly the art that I was yeah. into, not so right. much the story. Because um, I pretty yeah. much pick up anything that I like. Um, there wasn't, like, when when you're buying comics like that, there, it's, you can't really have a, a huge run of anything. So following yep. any kind of particular story is kind of tough because you're getting an issue here, an issue there, and they're not going to connect, you know? So it, it's kind of tough that way. So it, it's hard to follow the stories. It's, so I just bought it for the art. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those, I, 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 don't, I mean, I don't know how many times I would read a comic book before I actually read a comic book. Right. It, it was just always going through and looking at the pictures and find you know finding the story through that fashion before I would sit and like laboriously read through the balloons that were in the way. <laughs> right. So, um, so I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think I know any Filipino uh, comic books, so I can't really. But like, were there like were there big titles that were sort of like popular titles in Phil the Philippines? Yeah, but it, it's kind of most of the Filipino comics are anthology um series where you have a bunch of different serialized stories in each one um in each issue um and they're pretty generic like they have filipino comics tagalog comics pinoy comics they're pretty much generic titles so it's not like anybody would remember them um, i don't even remember what what was in them but um a lot of times um it would just be um an anthology with a bunch of different uh, stories. Um, some would be like 
drama related some will be adventure any kind of genre that you would have there um and uh the way it is is uh in in the philippines a lot of movies were made off of those comics um yeah even before things happened here you know back, back there people adapted comic books into movies pretty often why was why, why was why was not Hollywood paying attention? <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, I but of course, everybody in comic books has been saying that for the last forty years. Like, right? There are all these great stories. Mm-hmm. I think the thing here is because the U.S. or the Western market is so saturated by superhero yeah. comics that the hurdle was the special effects. Once you got oh. enough, oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, outside of the really miraculous, you know, work they did for the Superman film, which really was mind-blowingly good for at the time, and it still, to me, still feels really good. Um, the, you know, the, the, those '90s superhero movies and maybe early 2000s, they're 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 so they they suffer so much because they couldn't pull off the thing you know right absolutely yeah and you know and so so unfortunately we ended up we you know with black leather costumes for superheroes and less than adequate sort of action scenes where we all go like well at least the comic books are still good you know that kind right. of thing. so and uh and you know whatever i mean it's I, i'm sure that that sort of exists in every sort of cinema i mean car chases didn't really look great in cinema until like somebody figured out how to really, you know, adjust cameras onto low, low onto cars and chase Mm -hmm. cars and have a whole, you know, booms moving around vehicles. So those kinds of things change everything. So, Mm -hmm. so it's not just comic books. I mean, the car chase movies, you know, didn't come into play until like the late sixties. So um, that's cool. So how old were you when you moved to Toronto? Um, I was about 12. Oh, okay. So, oh, so, so I, I'm, I've, I've been working on what I call my, my 12 theory, mm-hmm. which is that we, when we are 12, like that's when we sort of lock into the things that we're going to love for the rest of our life. So everything that we've just kind of built up to the age of 12, because it's before puberty hits and you, your mind goes sideways. Right. Um, <laughs> you like, it's like everything locks in for you. So, you know, it's, it's the, you know, for, you know, oldies such as myself, it's like star Wars and star Trek and, you know, the micronauts or whatever this stuff was. And then you hit, you know, and then after that, all bets are off. Um, But when, you know, so like, I still get excited when I hear a kiss song on the radio because I'm like, I loved kiss when I was 10, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that's totally, uh, totally valid. Yeah. Everything you say checks out because, I fell in love with comic books, old movies, pulp novels, and detective novels like Raymond Chandler, Deshaun, and all that stuff when I was 12. And I still continue to this day. So I think that checks out. Oh, man. Chandler, is Chandler not one of the best writers? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, for dialogue, for plot, not so much. but No, but I mean, his, his, I, I should say as a descriptive writer, mm-hmm. His his art of writing description is it, it's some of the best ever in in you know in, in print. Like there was like I'm gonna butcher the, the the quote, but there was like you know his freshly manicured 
fingernails glisten like ice cubes under the sun. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, you know exactly what that looks like. You know, <laughs> it's just like, all right, that's cool. I'm loving right. it. So yeah, there was one story where it's like he's talking about, I don't remember which story it was, but he was talking about like the heat, you know, how hot it was that day. And it's the kind of heat that makes women look at their husband's necks with, you know, like gonna yeah. try to kill him. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it, I totally butchered that, but it's so, he, he describes something like things in such a unique way yep. that's very evocative and you really feel that yeah. what he's putting across. So, oh yeah. Um, He's 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 the best. He really is the best in that in that category. How did you know? How did you? I mean, how did you get like hooked into reading like uh, you know those pulp novels? Um, I just always liked um, going to libraries. Okay. Um, and then I saw. I went to when I moved to Canada. They have a good, a very good public library system. So I would just go in there and browse through the sections. And I saw. Um, a collection of books. Uh, I think it's a simple art of murder by Chandler. Okay. So you know, a bunch of different short stories in there. So I just picked that up and, you know, read through it. And it's just the, the, the language is so, so good, you know, like yeah. so snappy and just the descriptions are so good. So, you know, I, I just fell in love with it. And did you, did, I mean, like, was this something that somebody else noticed in you? Like, I mean, cause like, like with artwork, rarely do you hear someone who's like well i never showed my artwork to anyone and then then like when the time came like i showed my fully formed creative self to you know to a publisher and they hired me and the rest is history like there it's usually there's people along the way who encourage you know to, to you know for this kind of stuff so you know like like there could have been a librarian who said like hey i see that you've checked out these you know these these raymond chandler books like yeah. have you seen dashiell hammett you know and that kind of thing you're like what's that you know and you're, yeah. you're reading that but like was there that kind of person for you when it came to the artwork like i mean were you a kid or were you just secret i'm not sure i don't, I don't haven't really been um one person um it's usually uh there there was an online community um okay. you know back back in the day there was an online community called uh pencil jack there's one uh i don't know if you've heard of that um that's, I i've never heard of that okay that's a a, a message board um okay. that was founded i think by robert kirkman but robert kirkman tony moore all okay. of those guys used to come out of that um message board um and then there was also a uh, um a message board called the drawing board um okay. and it was used to be uh shane glines uh water oh. animator it used to be his message board and then he you know let go of it and somebody else took it over but a lot of artists posted on that message board um and you know really good ones like bruce tim stuart eminem you know um yeah. all of those guys would post amazing art on there and it's just you know showing my art in those arenas uh-huh you know that um where i got the confidence to develop further as an artist that's that's super interesting because like that didn't exist you know when i was young so i didn't mm -hmm. have i didn't have sort of an outlet like the, the outlet was either people in your house or your friends you know right or, or <laughs> school and like that was where you would see things and like either a you know a a family member would say hey that's mm -hmm. looks pretty good you should keep trying or you know a, a teacher would be you know our teacher would be like that's great now would you work on the actual project in the class you know mm -hmm. 
so like that that's it's so cool i mean i i can't put myself in the mindset like i i mean i remember being on like you know aol or yahoo message board things back in the 90s but like i i i really would love to see like you know what would have happened you know like how would i have reacted to the thing of putting a drawing you know out there you know to the to the great unknown you right. know and yeah. You know, because it's a very, I mean, it's very interesting, you know, I mean, I'm sure the community was probably pretty supportive as, as a, as a general. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's one of the rules definitely was, you know, yeah. don't, we, we're not soliciting, soliciting criticism, or right. critique, you know, when yeah. we're posting these. So that's pretty much like an unspoken rule that, you know, people mm -hmm. don't, you know, just critique things willy nilly because right. it could be like a little bit of a free for all once that happens. <laughs> I'm sure. Feels get hurt, you know? So yeah, uh, I've been on Twitter. I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even on Twitter, you don't just critiques people. people no, it's right. you know, you, you no, know. but you're right. Like it's an interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, like right. that, like I mean, it I mean, I everyone bashes Twitter and I, you know, and I'm sure there's some really just dreadful behavior that happens on there. I I but but you know, I rarely, I don't think I've ever seen anyone put something up and go like that's okay. But like, you know, it, it, like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. Except, except for, except for artist extraordinaire, Dave Johnson, who openly will go after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, he, he's, he's the one that would do it. Absolutely. No, Dave, totally. I mean, Dave, Dave and I were, we're we were studio mates for, <laughs> for a while and, um, and roommates and man, like, even if, you know, you would be like, you'd be like, well, hey, man, I don't know. And he would just start like talking about whatever you were doing. You're like, dude, I just got to get this done. Like, let's not be too crazy about this. So, but he's just like, I mean, he's just got like an eye, you know, and a willingness, you know, like, and honestly, I wish he continued that, that thing, you know, um, well, didn't he like he put up a post not too long ago saying that he was thinking he? of bringing back his cover oh, critique. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting to see. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I, listen, I, 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 fervently read those things because i mean mm -hmm. they, and dave's not wrong he's rarely no. wrong you know i Absolutely. mean he's, he's really one of the 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 sharpest eyes in the world um but and i don't know i never i I'll, maybe i'll ask him but like rarely like he um i don't know if he got the inspiration so back in the day so 1990 91 mm -hmm. so um the 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 ever wonderful Michael Golden was the editor an editor at DC Comic Books. Comic books. What the fuck am I saying? Um, so he he was the editor there, and I think he was like the cover editor. I don't know what the title the, the title was. I mean, like they just basically wanted to have him there. You know, mm -hmm. got him. Um, and they would send around covers like for editorial. I don't know feedback. I don't know. Right. Like so, basically, like an. Well, he was the art director for 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 those. Yeah, but he wasn't the art director. This would yeah. go to, but I mean, he it went to everybody's office. Like every okay. editor got this one document that would go around, mm -hmm. and and like I mean, and I my, so Michael he showed me one once, like you know, and he just basically drew a fish and stinky lines above it. <laughs> Nice. for the editorial comment you know and I while know. i think predominantly the responses were looks great you know mm -hmm. like 
wish Batman was bigger, you know, from the Batman office, you know, whatever the, the sort of the responses were. And like Michael like did that. And like that, I think that whole sort of thing kind of stopped. So I don't know if that was, might've been like legend and lore that led Dave to like, you know, want to like <laughs> change the comic book industry with his opinion. So. <laughs> whatever man he's dave, dave's dave dave is his own kind of genius and you know we're, right. we're better off for having him in the world <laughs> i just love that he threw that rock into that pond and just oh yeah just the splash go everywhere he, didn't matter <laughs> he doesn't care what yeah do it doesn't care? matter where he hits you know it but. doesn't it, it's whatever you know yeah. and he's you know and you know good on him thumbs up <laughs> so but so i mean so you, but it's interesting you use that you were able to use the message board as an opportunity for you to kind of gauge where your work at what level your work sort of stood oh yeah absolutely because like when i was growing up i didn't really have anybody else like none of my friends drew mm. i was the only one that was like really into comics and you know drew a lot and all and that stuff so yeah it's not like i can show it to anybody and then have any kind of meaningful feedback you know like huh. you show it to your parents and they say it looks amazing <laughs> like they will they will right exactly yeah. <laughs> they would right. love it no matter what but you know so you don't really have anybody who can say you know what this works this doesn't you know you should look at these people mm -hmm. you know this kind of inspiration that would work for you that kind of thing um yeah. it only it took until i got online and on those message boards with actual professionals that do the job and know what they're talking about to develop that's so cool yeah i mean it's yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, I think the thing is, is like, I think the beauty of what the internet is supposed to be is that, mm. you know, it's this, it's this open interchange of growth. Right. And unfortunately that can get co-opted into the, you know, into sort of unhealthy sort of ex expressions, but, yeah. but, but the fact that you were sort of the, the, the beneficiary of that sort of, sort of altruistic aspect of, of mm -hmm. the internet that that's like that's super that's super amazing so that so did you i mean do you feel that that bolstered inside you what you needed to say okay i'm going to put this down on paper and then physically show it to somebody like at, at you know more work at a show or something like that yeah absolutely yeah that's that's what gave me the confidence to wow. say you know i actually can do this you know at, at some level or so so what were you i mean so what were you doing outside like so what were you doing before you were doing comic books were you doing were you doing things in the creative field or were you no uh, not really i mean i i don't have the confidence to admit that my job um right i was you know just working a regular nine to five kind of job okay wow okay cool well no i guess i guess duh, that makes sense i mean if like if if you were working to build sort of the chops and the confidence to do the thing for comic books mm -hmm. um it would stand to reason but then again you know, listen I, the skill set it takes to draw comics is incredibly high like right. it, the competence to be able to draw a character on model for you know an entire issue um to be able to draw items at any angle mm -hmm. <laughs> you know to visually tell a story like all these things are like each one in its own right is a skill set that you know you can make a living off of yeah putting them all together is a skill set that you can barely make a living off of <laughs> exactly yeah. no it's totally true and the thing is like i think i mean i i was definitely i'm definitely in that mindset because i was ingrained in me 
you know what, you have to have these this kind of skill sets to make it in comics. Yeah. But I think that was a mistake because I think if I had to do it all over again, I would have started a lot sooner. Like I would a lot start a lot younger. Yeah. When I didn't have, you know, a house, a family, a job. You know, right. when I would work living with my parents and enemies not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. Because okay. you don't really in order to make a good comic, you don't really need I mean it's good to have chops. Yes. But to actually make a good comic, you just have to have something to say, you mm -hmm. know, um, and, you know, just say it. So yeah. that's that's the thing. I think I would do if I had to do it all over again, I would just start a lot earlier. Yeah, I think I mean, I think that I think the desire to do it is the the like I mean, in like I was thinking about this earlier today, like the you know, the, the three things that make success, you know, so like there is uh skill i'm not going to call talent because skill is something you can build on talent is something that's supposed to be just sort of innate so let's mm -hmm. let's just call it skill there's skill then there's opportunity and then there's drive right and like those three things like that that venn diagram creates that success overlap mm -hmm. like if you can get those three things of working in harmony um but i'll tell you the, the one but the drive is the number one thing right like, absolutely because opportunity is the thing that somebody else gives you, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, and skill is the thing that comes over time. But the thing that you have stepping right out the door is drive. Right. And, and, you know, and like, you know, talking to, you know, our, you know, people like Dan Penn Ocean, like Dan was doing comic books when he was 14 years old, <laughs> exactly. you know? <laughs> He's ridiculous, that guy. Yeah, I mean, in between his 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 time with as a boy band, <laughs> like he was doing comic books, and mm. like that's a huge, but that's a huge thing of drive. That's somebody who's saying like, this is what I want to do. Like he wasn't right. even two; it was two years out of the twelve year mark. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, he was twelve years old, going like I figured it out. Now I, I need to spend two years and, and get my career going. You know, like that's right. that's how he you know he went, but mm. so like. It's that it's that kind of thing. So when you say like, oh, start earlier, yes, right. absolutely. Like I, you know, and I think like, oh man, yeah, it would have been really interesting to see had I just been just like cranking things out like when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a different market then, of course. Like I, you know, not and not what it is now, but like if you're 16 years old and you want to do comic books, do comic books. Right. Like they're there. That's it, the best way because like you don't have any responsibilities. Yeah. You just have school and your your parents provide everything else for you. You have sure. so much free time. Uh, yeah. If you want to make comics, just do it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Less video games, more comics. There right. Exactly. Just, plus, you don't have that filter where you're like looking at thing, something and they're like looking at it and thinking it sucks. You know, the filter <laughs> isn't that. No, it's not because you think it's really good. Like I, yeah. when I was 16, I went to... I went to DC Comics. Like I, mm -hmm. a friend of a friend kind of thing got me a meeting there with a, a, a wonderful person, and it, you know I went there thinking this is it. I'm off to be a comic book artist. You know, like right. I mean that's what I thought was going to happen. You know, because mm -hmm. they, it's basically if you can figure out the secret, you know, where the door is to get into the building, you're in you're in the business. Like that's right. I, that's as far as I knew the vetting process to exist. You know, mm -hmm. so you know, and, and, you know, and the you know, and, and he was incredibly kind and, you know, and generously, you know, dropping me off on my high horse at the, you know, at that time. But like, mm -hmm. it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, okay. But like, 
you know, but in this day and age, like that 16 year old kid be like, oh, I've been doing a comic book for two years, you exactly, know, yeah. at a Patreon and, you know, and I make, I make $72 a month from it. And like, that's great. You know, good yeah. for you. You know, like I wasn't making yeah. 72 bucks a month doing comics then. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that's fantastic. So how, like, were there people who were influential outside of, um, like outside of that, 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 that message board, like in the real world, like that you in met who were like, supportive? Um, not, I mean, pretty much just people. I mean, when I would see people in conventions, yeah, um, I saw Mike Oming at a convention. He was really, he's really helpful. He's really good. He's uh, a really nice guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Mike Oming. Um, and I also, I, I'm a big Steve Rude fan. Um, and I kept, you know, I always show my stuff to him when I, when I see him. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's, when he has good words for me, that's that's something I would carry for for years. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah we had, um, our, our, it's, it's so happened that, um, my wife and I both shared a studio, uh, not the same studio space. We had our, we, we were in the same floor of a building mm -hmm. and it was below a comic book store mm -hmm. and the comic shop put on the local comic convention. And okay. Steve was like the, the guest, you know, the main guest for the show. Mm -hmm. And he likes to do painting tutorials. So right. he, he rented out her studio for a week doing painting tutorials. That's awesome. So I have a painting of my wife by Steve Rude. That's amazing. That's great. <laughs> I know. Total, yeah. total, total bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went to, there was, there was one time where he went to a local comic store when I was living in Florida, he went to a comic store there and he was doing um, a demonstration, uh, an art demonstration. He did a big drawing of Superman. And I still have the drawing uh, of Superman that he did. Um, it, it's pretty huge. I can't frame it, so it's just rolled up. And I wish I could frame it because it's so it's so good. But yeah, it, yeah, I just love his work. Oh yeah, I mean he he's he, yeah he's he's a whole special kind of magic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's this. I don't know. I mean, that's you know the classic illustrator and Jack Kirby rolled up together into kind of one one thing that we you know we're fortunate to get that you know in comics um, right. what's your favorite work by steve rude quick so, uh it has to be world's finest um very I think that's the better one yeah yeah i think world's fine i mean nexus is the easy easy call because you can just say that that's a whole bunch of junk but um You're right yeah that world's finest is just such a magical work absolutely i think he was really inspired because he he really put everything he had into that that story and he was really inspired by you know he loved his love of um the old classic serials of yep. superman and the all flight, that. So really, the whole flight yeah, thing absolutely yeah yeah so I, it, I think it's his best work it's yeah i mean it, it's it's really it's it, it's interesting when we get when when the sort of i don't know you know the, the, there's this caliber of of comic book artists like a steve root or a paul smith when they when they get on these projects you know so that world's finest thing like steve goes boom knocks out of the park paul smith gets on the golden age thing and just boom knocks it out of the park like they're really these exceptional things where they they get to kind of i don't know just like play with the the like somebody brings out the original version of the toy like hey would you like to play right. the original version you're like yes i would <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah 
That's cool. So, so yeah, I mean, Steve is, yeah, Steve's, he's quite, quite an amazing, amazing person and just incredibly knowledgeable about mm -hmm. the craft. Right. So what were, so what were the, so what were the things that you first kind of like felt like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. Like when it came to work for you. Um, when it comes to comics or just yeah. art in general? No, no, no. When it comes to comics. Um, like the the first the first things I did in comics. Yeah, or... I mean, like, yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, was your first was your first work for a, you know, a publisher or was it for an independent thing? Like, what was the? Yeah. The okay. Yeah, the first work I did was I think it was in Pop Gun, um, which was an anthology that uh, Image brought out. Um, yeah. yeah. That was I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine. It's a cool logo. Uh, yeah um because back then we had you know the flight anthology series and you know they tried to bring that up um and make make their own version um and then after that i made i did a comic series with um nick spencer uh called uh, existence existence okay. to, you know that um went out through image um and then existence 3.0 came out as well through image um and then after that, I did a few things like Dark Horse. I did a Spider Man Annual. Um, I don't remember, but a bunch of other things. Oh, I also did. Um, I did a, a series of covers um, for uh, Dracula, Company of Monsters for Boom. Okay. Um, and then I, I, I before that I did a Twenty Eight Days Later issue, which Declan Shalvey um, was kind enough to you know recommend me to do it. Is so I it did. You know, I I really think Declan might be the person who is so responsible for so many people. Absolutely, you know, I think so. He he's he he is like the the quintessential you know sort of rising tide sort of approach to the industry. Right, he, I think. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's very generous with like you know recommending people to you know do some work. Um, yeah. And I, I really appreciate that about him. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say that like most people aren't like that, but I think he goes out of his, what I feel is he goes out of his way to give. Yes. And, 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 and it's not, and it's not a detriment to him. I think he really is that, that he obviously is a person of the philosophy. The more you give, the more you get. So, right. Well, so that's that's really cool to hear yes i mean yeah deck is deck is just a, he's just a, such a sweet guy such a good mm -hmm. guy so, yeah. um yeah so i'm gonna i got a couple of things here that i i pulled that up from uh from your website um oh yeah look at i forgot to put this up so go to ron's website um <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement right there um so prince valiant mm -hmm. how did this come about for you um the editor uh nate um actually asked me to do it that's that's pretty much how it is and she, he knew i was a big fan of the original prince valiant and my, my art is very it's kind of it has a dated kind of look so maybe that fits you know prince valiant okay. um that's why he, he recommended let's me but classic, Ron. let's call it a classic look not dated i guess yeah i mean you could say that charitably um, but yeah, so that's, that's how, that's how I got to do it. Okay. 
yeah, going through the pages, I mean, they're, they're really, really cool because I mean, like, you know, like, you know, we all have the sort of the vision of Hal Foster, right? Like, like that look yeah. is sort of endemic with this thing, but it's, I, I like, I like how you didn't sort of like, like clearly it wasn't this effort to say like, well, let's find an artist who can draw like Hal Foster and try to make a, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, did you, did you ever get to look at that like stuff? Were you looking at that when you were growing up, like the Prince Valiant in the newspaper? Um, no, uh, we had, um, because uh, uh, in, in the Philippines, Hal Foster is pretty big. There were a bunch of artists. I mean, the classic illustrators were pretty big, like Hal Foster, Bernd Hogarth, all of those guys are pretty big yeah. back there. So yeah. a lot of the, the, the art that came out of the Philippines are, you know, influenced by that. So there was a guy um, called Hal Santiago, you know, and okay. he named himself after Hal Foster, Hal Santiago. Um, and he was a big Hal Foster devotee. And that's who I grew up, you know, idolizing when I was growing oh, up. Oh, really? Okay. And it was only, until, yeah, it was only until way later when I moved to the U.S. that I got to see actual Hal Foster work. And, you know, I was old enough to appreciate it. Uh, yeah. But I probably wouldn't have back then. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was, you know, every Sunday, the, the Prince Valiant was in the newspaper. So, like, it would, you know, it was there. So you would grab the comic book section or comic strip section and thumb through it. And then you would see, cause they were just, they were bigger. Like he still had mm -hmm. like, it still had the clout in the comic section to be like, not just a strip, it was a block. So they would be right. able to have like stacked panels and one big panel or something like that. And it was just as magical. Cause it's the only thing that felt more like comic books that was in the Sundays. So you would mm -hmm. get to this kind of like this big, and they were all kind of like very beautifully colored. Like they were, they were really impressive. You know, they're amazing. To... I mean, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I tried my best to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I scratched my nail. Sorry. Okay. No, I, I mean, I tried my best to kind of you know recapture, like capture in my way, um, Hal Foster. But I just you know I don't have the ability. I don't have the time to do it. He had you know one whole week to do that one page. Um, yeah. and I don't, I just didn't have the time. Um, but I wish, you know, um, I would have done a better job at it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's beautiful, man. I, I mean, I go like you, I mean, I love that you like, cause like doing a, doing a, a book like that, here are the things that you have to do that most artists don't want to have to do. You got to draw a lot of natural stuff. You got to draw animals. Like these are the things like most artists go like, Oh, yeah. is it like the worst thing you can be like, Hey, I need you to draw a horse riding a motorcycle through the countryside. You know, like that would be the worst <laughs> thing for a comic book artist to do. Right. Um, but like, but you're, you're in court, you're, you, how you incorporated the natural stuff, like go to Ron's website. He has like a bunch of these pages up there and they're really beautiful to, to, to look through. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, they're good. I love them. So Thank I think you did great, man. I think you did great. Now, are, I mean, were you drawing, I mean, are you drawing digitally? Are you drawing traditionally? Like, um, now I'm mostly drawing digitally. Okay. Um, you know, those, those Prince Valiant stuff, they were all traditional. Okay. Um, but now I'm, it, it it's, uh, everybody says that, you know, it's a lot faster to draw digitally. And I don't think that's <laughs> true. Uh, necessarily. It's just, you know, you can, you can be a lot 
more precise and you know actually have the work that you want out there yeah digital because you know when you put the line down on an actual piece of paper you're stuck with it you know you, you yeah. can put white out and stuff but it's not the same uh digitally you can tweak it as many times as you want Whatever. until you get yeah absolutely so yeah. I, I you know i that's why i draw digitally um i just can't be happy with what i have <laughs> no <laughs> i it i no i i you know i i i i was sitting yesterday and thinking and i go and i was looking at my my wacom tablet and i go wow i'm like if i was drawing comic books would i draw like i, I maybe i like i fantasize about the idea of like i'm like if I had the, if I, if I, if money was no object and I could sit and draw a comic book, you know, without having to worry about like paying the bills or whatever, um, I'm like, would I draw it, you know, digitally or would I draw it on paper? And there's a big chunk of me that so I was like, I think I might do it on paper, even though right. I work, I've been working digitally for, I don't know, 14 ish years, you know, but. It was just one of those things where I thought, like, well, I don't know. Me, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's maybe because I consider it more art at this point, because it, it would be an art project versus being a product project. Right. I don't know. It's, a, it's, a, it's a interesting. So when did you switch? When did you make the switch? <laughs> the switch. I think, the, um, it was a couple of years ago because I did um, the first comic that I did digitally, all digitally, was Six Million Dollar Man. What uh, this one? Series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's you know I did all of that digitally. Okay. Uh, just because I it, it was a lot easier. Um, and yeah. I can I think I can do a lot more things um, digitally versus traditionally. So it, it, I think it turned out a lot better. So that so that was a shift. I mean that was like okay I'm going to the, I'm going to the store I'm going to buy a a, a Cintiq and start going or what was it like yeah absolutely yeah i i went and bought uh, a cinti companion um yeah you know and that way i can just work wherever so i would you know i would take it anywhere um i had a day job so i would just you know you know i would work after work and when i was at work you know i would take you know i would have that and draw during the lunch hour um mm -hmm. so I, I just you know that's that's how i work um so those pages are all digital and it, yeah. it it was it was it was something where i had to really make sure that i wanted to do because you don't sell these pages so you don't have anything to sell afterwards this is uh, this is the big this is the huge debate right mm -hmm. it's the huge debate of the of the day um you know i had this i had you know my here's my internet altruism thing for years i kept thinking like it would be so great if you could create like a digital file that was a unique file that you could then sell to somebody as a digital, like, Hey, here's a commission. Here's the art. You can right. get the thing, you know, like aside from yeah. like tearing your computer out of the, out of its cubby and <laughs> shipping the computer to the person saying, there it is, you've got the file. Like, um, mm -hmm. I kept, you know, that was like, I'm like, this, this would be a great way that people could sell their digital artwork to other people. Right. And that would be a way to do it. And then NFTs are created and like, you know, and, they're either evil or the next coming i don't know whichever whichever <laughs> side you stand on the fence but um yeah. but it's not exactly the solution i had envisioned my i envisioned it not being something controlled by other people but something that was just an exchange between two individuals but 
And some people like, you know, make like limited edition prints of pages. I've seen some people do that. Like David Marquez, I think did that and a few other, but it it hasn't been really big. Something something will happen. Somebody will figure something out that like, like someone's going to try something and everyone's going to be like, "Mm." and then like a year later, a couple more people will do it. And then like two years later, everyone, everyone will be doing it. Absolutely. There's like a, a, like a breaking point probably at some point in the future, just like yeah. when, when Kickstarter suddenly sure. happened and people are right. doing Kickstarters. Right. Okay. AKA a tin cup. That's what I kept yeah. calling it. Like when it first started, I'm like, what are you thinking? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just get a job, you yeah. know, and like, you know, like, cause you, you don't know until you realize like, Oh, what this can do, you know, or it's like right. conventions, you know, like everyone's got their little stand up artwork thing behind them with their mm-hmm. name on it. Like nobody had that. And then right. like the first, person who had that everybody was looking like desperate enough yeah, exactly. you know and then, and then the two years later everyone's got one you know right yeah so it's just one of those kind of you know things someone mm. will come up with the right answer and we'll you know and everyone will fall in line and and then a broader audience will be able to reap the benefits of it in the sense right. of having that sort of limited edition like i don't know unique code i don't know what mm-hmm. it's going to be that gets printed onto the thing and then people have, hey this is it this is the nice yeah. thing so yeah, yeah i mean this is time in the future definitely it's something, yeah, something. yeah but, but it, no, I mean, when I that book, it was something that i really had to think about because i mean you know they bring out bring in some income definitely they do. um and i had to make a choice between you know having that income or being happy with how the book looked sure and i have to choose I'm, I'd rather not be embarrassed by how this book looks. So right. Italy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough aspect because there is this sort of kind of like, I don't know that, I mean, there, there's a passive love, passive income with all this artwork that you do. Mm-hmm. You're like, you have it. And, you know, like, you know, I, like I have not been in the comic book game drawing comics in, you know, two decades now. And, you know, I did, I did a free comic book day thing. The comic shop that I spoke of earlier asked me, Hey, would you sit and draw? I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. And I had, I think I had my pages there. I, I think I did because somebody like went through them and goes, are you selling these? And I'm like, I, no one's asked me that question in 20 years. <laughs> like, I don't even like, I didn't have an answer for the guy because right. I'm just like, ah, uh, you know, cause, <laughs> cause I was so far out of like my world at that mm-hmm. point. So, um, I think I said no. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Whatever, man. Um, so I mean, so that's. But it's an interesting thing, like to shift from a traditional, you know, working method to a digital method. Um, there's a whole bunch of, you know, because there's a bunch of relearning you have to do. Like, right. you know, there's there's different ways of thinking how you approach a page. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you use? Have, have you are you, you just using Photoshop or are you using like Clip Studio or like what's your? Yeah, now now I use pretty much always Clip Studio. It's so um, good, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the way it draws that line. It captures what I want it to do. Whereas yeah. in Photoshop, there's a lot of wiggle that's still in there. Yep. It might it might be that I did that, you know, myself. Like I, my hand wiggled when I was yep. drawing the line, but I don't want to see that in there. So that's why I use Clip Studio. It's a lot better. It's, it, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I love me my Photoshop. Um, I love me my Adobe products. Um, mm. They put they put the food on the table for me. But, um, but Clip, 
Clip is a purpose-built tool to make comic books. Mm -hmm. And damn if it doesn't do it really, really well. Although um, right. I, I got to say, I'm really, really super intrigued and fascinated by this whole iPad Pro world of making comic books mm -hmm. on a tablet. Like that, right. there's something super, super, like, I don't know. No, I, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's got to be good, like, to just go and take your work anywhere, you know. Um, that's yeah. why I brought the Cintiq Companion, because yeah. it's a portable device. Right yeah. now, I don't have that. I'm, I have a, the monitor, and I'm stuck here. You know, <laughs> I have to make the comics when I'm Get sitting at work. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I can't go to the library and just work anyway. <laughs> no. wheeling in a giant road case with your 22-inch uh, your yeah. monitor and... Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me just set this up over here so I can work for yeah. a while. Yeah, no, it, it it's. I mean, it, it's funny because before they started making the sort of the smaller Cintiq models, mm -hmm. like at ad agencies, like these guys would roll in with these big Pelican cases mm -hmm. to do storyboard artwork, like mm -hmm. on a Cintiq in studio for ad agencies. <laughs> It was just, you'd sit there and like you'd be hanging out and waiting and like there would just be this guy sitting there with these, these giant cases <laughs> and you go, oh, wow, like, yeah. you're like, you're like holding a pencil going like, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. like, they'll give me paper. Like there's right. paper in that copy machine. I just need the pencil. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. that's what's great about the Cinti Companion. Cause like, for example, like that's a uh, $6 million man. Yeah, series that I did. I did everything pretty much like I, I worked at home sometimes, but mm -hmm. most of the time I was at a Starbucks doing wow. that. So it, it was it was great for that. I love working wherever I was at. And that's why I bought the CT campaign. But it was a flawed device. Uh, oh, ultimately, I mean, uh, it was it was I think it was ahead of its time as far as what it, what they wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I think the iPad Pro right it's such a solid piece of you know software and hardware all in one thing that mm -hmm. it's up to it's up to the software writers you know you know or just the operating system and 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 hardware and mm -hmm. now it's up to the people who create the apps to screw yeah. it up because yeah, i'm very interested in that yeah definitely i know and, and and more and more people i talk to are, are really doing their comic books in that in mm -hmm. that route and it's 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 like because like years ago Golden and I were talking. He's like, he's like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna do everything digitally. And I'm like, holy, sh you know, I'm just really? like, really. <laughs> and then, and then, like a few years ago, he was just like, a few years ago. I mean, it was it might have been even last year. He's like, he was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna do the whole thing on the iPads, you know, like on an iPad with Procreate. I think it was Procreate at the time. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Jesus, you know. But he was having certain specific printing issues, and. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna. I'm, I'm really just. I'm. I'm paraphrasing the story and ruining it. So everybody who holds me to this, this <laughs> screw you. But um, but the thing was is that like, he like, I. That's such a wrong way of saying it. But the two of us are very much rooted in print, mm -hmm. in the terms of traditional print and how print operates. That mm -hmm. when we're using programs like Photoshop, which is traditional in in its approach to print that we're setting up files thinking that this is going to be printed offset you know mm -hmm. there's there's four colors 
on four mm -hmm. different stations and paper passing underneath and like these stations right. are being, like but that's not how procreate i don't think that's how procreate operates and i okay. think that, i think it's a very different type of approach so mm -hmm. He was having problems getting the effects for colors that he really wanted to have um and he's very specific about his coloring and you know and had, so you know so i don't need, i have no idea if he's still utilizing those those devices or not so um who knows but, studio works on the, on the um it does as well yeah so it does i yeah. yeah i mean i i every so often like like i just go okay well like everything's good work-wise i would love to get an ad agency just to ring me up and say hey we need to have a whole bunch of these you know these things done for next week because mm -hmm. i would just have to do that to say cool thank you for buying me a whole a brand new ipad you know what i mean like that because i would just do that i would take i would say yeah fine i'll give up a weekend just to be able to buy that product mm -hmm. and then just have fun with it and like i'm not right. even making comic books like yeah. i'm an idiot I, I would spend the money just so i could test it out Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it would be good to test out. I, I don't know if it's still the same, but I remember somebody doing color tests with Clip Studio on the mm -hmm. iPad once, and it, it wasn't really accurate, you know, right. compared to Photoshop. So yep. I don't know if that's changed since then. There's been a couple of updates since then, um, but that would be a good, you know, just something that would be good to use. Yeah, and I just you know because I mean I, I also I mean I'm, I'm not being completely naive. I'm like I could probably use this for work, you know, like right. you know real work. But you know I I, I don't know. It, it's it's just kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. So do you do anything in the in the traditional using the tra traditional tools anymore, or are you just completely in the digital environment? Um, no, I mean I still do commissions. Uh, okay. Every so often. Like I work on been working on commissions this whole week. Um, Right. And it's nice to Oh yeah, you've been post you've been posting. I think you've have you been posting some of your commissions pieces? Yeah, I've been you know posting some commissions uh, yeah. here and there. Um so I still do that. And it's nice to have like, you know, use the traditional tools. Um yeah. because there's some things that I can do with that that I still can't do digitally. Like dry right. brush I still can't do digitally, no matter how much I try, it still doesn't taste turn out the same way um that I want it to. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I still do that. It, it's it's fun, and it, just the tactile feeling of pen or brush on paper, it, yep. it, you can't really capture that. Like you know, the slickness of the the screen um, is 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 sometimes a barrier to yeah. the art. You know, so that and that that's uh, hopping back to the iPad. I think everyone has said like there's a specific like cover thing that you need to get yeah it's get the paper mate cover yeah right um, that they have for the ipad i wish they had something big for a, a monitor size surprised, surprised yeah. that no one's made that yeah i mean that would be great i mean even if you made like even if they made like an oversized piece that you could mm -hmm. cut to size you yeah. know for, for all the variety of different you know tablets out there that would be really super beneficial somebody yeah. get on that somebody make that happen <laughs> don't but that'd be great give me and ron money for that that's what we want <laughs> um yeah that's that's awesome so i, I I'm, I'm looking at your 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 well-organized bookshelf right there what do you <laughs> like like do you keep book like I, I know that i always kept i always keep books like an arm's reach that i like mm -hmm. that are like my inspiration books my you know come on you could do better books my you know yeah books like whatever they These are, are all my come on you can do better books like, yeah yeah okay that's cool come on you can do better 
but yeah, yeah. definitely like all of this this is my office so um, yeah. all of these um i have the art books like the kobe whitmore al parker those books i have um like dark knight returns hellboy yeah um, the daredevil born again i have that everything is i mean i have i have too many books that i haven't read um it's so God, i just look at the pictures mostly well, <laughs> yeah. like, did you read that book no but i've looked at all the pictures i've looked at all the pictures so many times i'm pretty sure <laughs> exactly. I can't someday i'll read 90 97 sure i know what's happening in this story <laughs> exactly yeah Right. Um, that would be the that would be the ultimate great trick of like uh, of like it would be, sounds like an Alan Moore move like to write out a whole comic book script to have mm -hmm. an artist draw it but then have written out a completely separate script right. that totally tells a different story right. but that's all within the narrative and the word balloons but mm -hmm. not in the actual artwork so they're like just basically to make it a greater story for the people who actually read comics versus the Google heads like us who just yeah. like pictures. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great if somebody, somebody could actually do that with like an older comic, like, like, like say, Oh yeah. Rescripted returns. Yeah. Just take out all the word balloons in there just to write a totally different story like, for that. Where do you, what do you well, mean? Where, what do you mean? They didn't have any hamburgers. I said right? <laughs> they're open 24 hours a day. They should always have hamburgers, you know, and like you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So don't, you know, and bring me a strawberry shake, you know, that kind of just random language. Um, exactly. Oh, that's so cool. So, um, so when did you get into doing color work? Like, um, was, that, was that like, was that part and parcel like early for you? Like, were you like taking on things to make sure that you could get the covers or what was the? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I went into it. Like I've always wanted to do colors, Yeah, but I you know, I can't do it traditionally. Um, yeah, and it was only when I got into digital that I, you know, started going into colors. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, I got into into Photoshop um, and just fiddling around with it. And then um, I got a job at a, at, a, at a studio that created artwork for, you know, like, Hard Rock Cafe, Planet Hollywood, Disney, oh, cool. those kind of places where you have to make full color artwork. Um, so I was doing that every day anyway. And that was considered my practice to doing colors. And that's yeah, how I started to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, cool. the actual work was the practice. Yeah. You know, and it went to this work, which wasn't actually work. Um, it just, my, my whole way has been asked backwards. This, this whole entire time. So that, that's how I got into colors. Oh, uh, yeah. But you know, the thing is, is like, if you can get someone to pay you money mm -hmm. to learn something, yeah, that's absolutely. the that's the smartest thing to do. And whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, uh, and I mean, I don't even know, like, it's interesting. You were saying like how doing digitally makes things easier, but like, you know, what it doesn't make easier, it doesn't make it easier for um, a young person to become an assistant in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I was, I was, I was, I made a joke with somebody last week. Oh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was with Mark Lamming who was like putting up pages or something. And then, and, you know, we're, and I don't know, like every so often the friends will start busting on him. And, you know, and I was like, so what do you hire an assistant to fill in your blacks now? You know, like, you know, and he's doing everything <laughs> in the digital, you know, like, right. you know, that, like, that would be the hilarious thing is to hire someone just to click in the spot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that would be nice if we had like a manga system where 
you know, you had a storyboard, you know, the, the main creator did the storyboards yeah. and you have all these assistants doing the actual work. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that no one's tried that, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, I it just, it, it surprises me that there hasn't been sort of like, I mean, do you think it's just the sort of the cowboy mentality of America, like where everybody's like, you know, like, Hey, I'm the guy who's on the white horse running around mm -hmm. doing stuff. I think it's possibly that, you know, we're just, just one, it's, it's the sense of authorship, I think. Yeah. Uh, in America that, you know, th that's why you really want to. That's why, because there's not a lot of money in comic books. I mean, you know, aside from the people who really make it really right. big, there's not a lot of money. But what you're into comic books for is that sense of authorship. You made everything yourself. This is what you wanted to produce. Yeah. And I think that's that's why um, that's why you do it, you know. Because manga, manga is sort of like, manga is sort of like the structure of manga is sim similar to like, you would say like a restaurant where mm -hmm. you have the chef who creates the whole thing who is the 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 sort of the, the star of the show and then there's all these sous chefs and you know chef the whatever and the chef the whatever and the pastry chef and they're all there to execute that mm -hmm. wonderful that wonderful vision of whatever the thing is which is that is the person who is in the manga whose name's on the cover of the book and right those are named assistants yeah Right. And while the American comic book industry isn't like a, a French restaurant, it's like a rock band. And it's right. you, you're you, basically there's a manager, the editor who sticks together a singer, guitar player, a bass player and a drummer and goes, OK, you know, you guys make you make the album or the comic in this sense. And then you have people reading the comics trying to decide who's the front man is it the guitarist or is it the singer you know what i mean like yeah because because what is the what is the artist in comics are they the are they the guitar player or are they the singer you did like you know yeah it, it's kind of tough that way i mean it, it, credit in comics is a, a thorny issue anyways yeah. um so because it, it, because so much of it you know affects future work you know or the monies yes. you get from actual work so yep. you know everybody should be credited and though how how much credit you deserve for any particular work it, it's kind of tough because it ultimately it's a it's a collaborative process yes you know everybody comes together to do the work and you know if you change one piece of whatever it is it makes a huge difference um I don't know about inkers though. I mean, inkers, you can. Whoa, you can nice. Let's, let's, get at, let's get at the inkers. I'm just these days. Me. Yeah, no, but I mean, like you know, like you have everybody, especially the colorists. Like, if you switch out the colorists, that makes such a huge difference to the actual huge, look of a book. You know, huge difference. Yeah. And the colorist isn't the same person the colorist was 20 years ago. No. You know? it's a very different role in the in the in the storytelling process i mean they've really they've kind of become the cinematographer and lighting designer all in mm -hmm. one sort of one shot um right yeah they're doing they're doing some heavy lifting um on, on comics so it's it's an interesting thing and then like you know and then you get like some amazing letterers like clayton cowles who is just mm -hmm. i honestly i think like i can pick his books out in the mile like oh yeah mm -hmm. yep yep because you could just feel that sort of 
attention that that he's putting into into the comic. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, if the script isn't perfect, it, it's it's your job to make it perfect as the artist. Mm -hmm. So you just go, okay, well, I can I can solve this storytelling issue here. That that's that's and you just do it. You just make sure that the story is being told the best way possible, and you move through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't go running around going like, I need more money or attention because I changed this, you know, like it's right. just, you just, you do it because, you know, ultimately the job is to get the thing done on time. Um, right. You yeah. Know, it's just, you know, I, I, I do, I do understand like into the problems with regards to credit because yeah. general public, when every comic book comes out, all they see is this comic by a certain writer. For sure. And For sure. the artist is interchangeable, which yeah. in some case, cases are. When it comes to like marvel or dc because they switch artists around so much so mm -hmm. it's not like you know they don't people don't see that the artist has any the same sense of authorship right you know, as the writers do because the writer stays there for a, such a long period of time um, yeah so it's interesting but, because you know it, i i get that and i and i feel that like i think from the most part it, it has been that way but mm -hmm. i but it's funny how like having been the kid who was reading comic books at the pictures, not the words, mm -hmm. uh, the comic books that I really resonated with were the ones where the artists were so heavily a part of what that book was and yes. it, in, mm -hmm. in its legacy that when you, know, you look at the John Byrne X-Men or the, um, you know the, the the george perez work you know on any of the george perez work you know like but like mm -hmm. all these you know bill sinkevich on moon knight like you know frank miller on daredevil like like i know he wrote it yes but the point being is like these these people their artwork was it was the visual brand of these yeah. comic books that yeah. we you know we as the, or at least me as the reader i go oh this is the guy you know, like right. that's the whole, that's the whole thing. So, mm -hmm. I remember being like, you know, why does a reader, why does a writer get the first credit? You know, and I'm not knocking it because I, I get it. I understand how the value. You know, that's where the story came from. Like, it's the mm -hmm. idea of the story. Like, we got it. You know, you, that's that's where it all comes from. Otherwise, it's just somebody drawing pictures. You know, we need right. to have a story. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. I it mean, came because Stanley said this is a right written by Stanley. Yes. Run by Jack Kirby, even though Jack Kirby came up with a story, brought it yeah. to Stanley, he scripted the story, but it was yeah. also Jack. That's that's total aside, but I mean, I don't know why I even brought that up, but you know, it, it, the credit credit right now, I think definitely everybody should be credited, um, and given everybody should be given credit for the product that they produce. Yeah. So if somebody is given um, a disproportionate amount of credit for any kind of thing, sure, it's kind of bad. I, I don't. I, I don't think that 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 works. Um, but it, but it's very complicated. It's a very complicated issue. Well, I mean, because I mean, I think as you said earlier, listen, it, it's it's a collaborative it's a collaborative process, mm -hmm. and as great as whatever whatever each individual's effort is into it it is one entire product altogether mm -hmm. like you can't you can't sort of split them apart right. um in, in that respect and like you know 
I was fortunate enough to work with like who I felt was one of my favorite writers and comic book creators, which was Keith Giffen at the time. And I'm like, I love Keith Giffen comic books. Mm-hmm. And there was a part in the story that he had characters sitting in a car talking to one another, you know, exciting comic book stuff. And <laughs> so I had to tell the story and not make it completely boring and not saying that Keith wrote a boring thing at all. It's just that mm-hmm. like, it was it was necessary part of the narrative of the of the of the tale right. but i like it did like so i gave one of the characters an action and i've said this before it, like i i had her take her scrunchie out of her hair redo mm-hmm. her ponytail and put the scrunchie in while i had the camera moving around while they were talking and telling the t- you know and the story mm-hmm. is moving along and then the next issue or two later in the letters column someone writes and says specifically i loved that little touch <laughs> great job keith <laughs> you know <laughs> so, you know, and, you know. <laughs> so like and it's like i get it you know but like that was me solving that visual problem right. of how do we tell this story so the reader doesn't get bored right. and, the, and 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 entice them to read those little white bubbles you know like because yeah. I being that sensitive reader who would like to look at the pictures versus read the letters or the, mm-hmm. the words, you know, it, it, you know, we we're the people who have to make the story kind of interesting for people. So mm-hmm. um, they don't know so, what goes into making the comic. So when you did that scrunchie, they think, you know what, Keith told you to do that. Sure. And you just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. Like you're totally. just a puppet, you know. Right. <laughs> you right. And now. Doing. You know, near nearly thirty years later, you know, coming up on thirty years later, you know, I'm sure, possibly, he might have thought he wrote that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, because it's <laughs> it's just that sort of like, no, no, I came up with this this yeah. line in that song. You know what I mean? Who knows? Right. You know, like, but it's just one of those things. You know, like I just, but it, it, you know, but but we can't like we can't have end credits for comic books saying exactly. Oh, yeah. 40 blah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know the colorist chose green yeah. you know like i mean like we just don't get to do that kind of stuff yeah. so yeah there's got to be I, a way where everybody can, can have the appropriate amount of credit yeah and i don't know when that will happen maybe when they enable people to purchase digital work sometime in the future that kind of thing but yeah hopefully somebody will figure out some smart person will figure that out that, well, that's what we're here for, is to wait for the smart people to do the things that we need. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. That's, that seems yeah. to be our purpose in life. Um, right. So, so what, what, I mean, you're going to be at Heroes Con. Mm. So that's pretty exciting. So actually, we, we should be able to meet in person then. So Yeah, that'd be awesome. Everything works yeah. out well. Um, yeah. and, uh, and a whole bunch of, I'm just, I, I, I hope I get to go, because I'm really excited, because there's so many people I haven't seen in a long time. Mm. Um, do you usually so go to Heroes Con? Is that is that one of the I went to Heroes last oh boy. Eight years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I mean, I don't live too far away. Um, you know, I live two and a half hours, okay. two hours away. So it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Quick little jog. Um, but uh what else you got going on, my friend? Um, I'm doing I just finished the comic. Um with uh, Declan Shalvey, Rory um, Conville, uh, time after I just, time, I just time before Rory. time. Yeah. I just talked to Rory on Monday. Yeah, so 
Um, I just did two issues with their uh, on their comic um, issues thirteen to fourteen. Yep. That and it, it was a great story. Um, that was fun to to do. So I think the first issue just came out last week. Um, it's, so oh, it's, it's shoot. Uh, let's see if I still have them. Mm-hmm. Here we can. This this is happening in real time. Enjoy. <laughs> Hold on a second. Enjoy this piece of artwork while 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 this other thing happens in real time. Let's see if I can find it here. Here, ah, oh, so close. And here. Oh wait, nope. Hold on. Nope. Believe me, all this will be smoothed out in post. It's not. <laughs> none of that will be. Uh, none of this will be smoothed out in post. Did I say thirteen to fourteen? You said right. Mm-hmm. 13 and 14. So I think the third issue 13 just came out um, last week. Boom. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one of the variant covers for it. And that one yep. is actually um, the proceeds from that is going towards um, supporting, um, I think, Ukraine. Something about Ukraine. I, I apologize for not knowing exactly what it is. Something, but, something to help benefit the people in Ukraine. Right. Absolutely. That's that's um, that's that's yep. Michael Chalby's cover. So yeah, that just came out, and then the next one, sometime next month. That's uh, awesome. That's so exciting. That. Yeah, and then I, f- I, f- I had finished a, um, uh, two hundred some page biography of Muhammad <laughs> Ali. Um, no, so that hey. should be coming out sometime next year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, who is that for? I, mean, I wish because something a, a, a biography of Muhammad Ali just came out um, just recently, uh, okay. a small one. Um, and I wish I beat them to it, but I was just too slow. So it's not going to come out until next year. So, but, Right. Uh, now, what, what publisher is that for? Uh, first, second. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. They were, and they were really great for letting me do, because I did, like, they, they gave me the, the latitude to do the art and be comfortable with what I have because I did the art. It, it's it's tonal um, artwork. So it's not in color. Um, wow. Totally. Uh, and I also lettered the book. So um, visually, everything that you see will be mine. So That's- if it looks bad or if it looks good, it's all my fault. Um, and the story um, the story was by Mark Bernardin. So we know. Oh, OK. Yeah, sure. The very, the very, the very pleasant Mark Bernardin. So yeah. that's very awesome. prolific. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great. So, do you know when next year that will be? I'm not sure. I think first or second quarter of next year, but I don't have an exact date, unfortunately. Just go to your website or go to you go to go to your uh, Instagram Once, page and, and wait. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once I find out, I'll definitely blab it to everybody that will. Listen. Yeah. So follow, so follow Ron on Instagram and then, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll blab it there. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's exciting. I, I, one of my childhood heroes of Muhammad Ali. So like mm. it's, I named my dog after the guy. So <laughs> it's pretty big, into, pretty big into that, into that guy. So that's pretty exciting. So, Cool. So, Heroes Con, are you doing other shows this year? Or do you have a? Not, not really. I mean, usually Heroes is the only one I do, because I love, I just love that show. It's a great, great artist convention. Yeah. Um, and the best artists go there, and it's just a very comfortable, it's like a family atmosphere there. So that's why I love going there. Um, it's, 
it really it's I'm not saying how how comic books comic book conventions should be but it's how comic conventions used to be yeah that's my that's my really rat, wildly controversial statement right there so <laughs> just gonna kind of stick with that and that's how that's how i'll i'll, I'll leave that yeah um, <laughs> that's cool so um are you are you reading or watching anything really interesting right now um i mean i'm reading a few books like um I just started reading Descender um, by Jeff Lemire, Dustin Wen. Um, mm -hmm. Got it from the library. I'd read uh, Tetris by Box Brown. That was really good. Cool. Uh, just uh, a few things like uh, here and there. But I, I'm not really. I'm probably the only one that you wouldn't that you know that would be re reading Chinese online web novels. That's what I've been reading most. <laughs> it's such a trash such a trash kind of piece of media wow. but i read that um chinese and korean web novels i read that a lot um how is that so how, how are they i mean like what's the what's the so it's a web novel so i mean is it released like chapter by chapter like yeah mm -hmm. okay. yeah well in in korea a lot of these a lot of the ones i've been reading have already finished you know they're just translating it right uh, th those are the translations that keep you know being released daily sometimes weekly sometimes daily sometimes intermittent schedule it, it yeah. just depends on the you know so what's the what i i'm, I'm now i'm completely fascinated <laughs> I, I i mean i don't know how much you know but i'm i, I write prose so i'm mm -hmm. like so like the sec like here i am asking you questions at the library like everyone's like talk about comic books you idiot you know, so, <laughs> but so i i don't care damn it i don't care no but so like how like what is the subject of the, uh, like what's the what's the sort of subject matters of these books a lot of it, it's escapist literature um okay. so, it, so like yeah like, i mean because there used to be like i don't know if you've heard of um of um heavenly sword and dragon saber yes uh, from china okay so those things they used to be serialized in actual books and magazines back then and then they would compile them into books and people would read them and all that stuff okay. um this is kind of like you know the modern day version of that where you know they would just you know have uh, a serial web novel you know um mm -hmm. released online or you know they would have an app on their phone yeah. you know, and they would read it there um it, it's pretty big actually in china and korea um a lot of the new chinese fantasy tv shows are based on those web novels really so, okay yeah that but that's how i got got into it by watching heavenly sword and dragon saber right. and um condor heroes those kind of things okay i love that that's totally yeah. that's totally rad nice i'm about to start reading uh scott mcleod's sculptor uh, oh awesome yeah, yeah. not a lot not ready but i'd love to yeah yeah i i, I bought it for my wife as a recommendation from a friend and she read the whole thing she goes so why did you buy this for me and it's like it's really well done but it's like it's not an uplifting tale so like she's just she was like so i'm like oh, okay i guess i guess i didn't read the room um but you know, it happens um so i'm excited to read it because it's really it, it's really great to look at so i can't wait to read the stories i will actually read the words i promise <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It looks like good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, man. It's great to read other people's comics because 
yeah I don't have to critique i can just enjoy the actual storytelling oh, sure and learn stuff from it yeah you know instead of like saying oh that looks terrible i yeah. didn't work that kind of thing so yeah do you do you have any uh i mean do you have any uh writing stuff writing? i haven't written anything in a long time um, yeah i'm saying but do you have any i mean do you have like stories that you might want to be like hey i want to write i want to write my own comic book maybe yeah write. that's that's what i'm going to be working on next I, you okay. know, is going to be writing drawing lettering coloring so you could um, do a cliff chang you're doing yeah, exactly yeah except not as not as successful probably like like i that is really the ultimate flex you know like, yeah I, you know, because I mean, it's like, listen, I know other people have done it and bravo and props to everyone who's done it, right. but nobody's done it for the majors. Right. And, exactly. has, and he's just flexed big. It's just, yeah. it's, it's so good. I mean, it's, it's so just amazing. good. Yeah. It's so good. And, but that's it, something you can say with every kind of cliff chain and everything he creates is, sure. it's so good. You know, he's yeah. just, there's nothing that he makes that's actually like, that's, that's bad. Like everything's no. great. So, you know, he's just—I don't know—he just walks on air. I think he's, he's so talented. He does. I think I think that's a, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, yeah. Well, you should get writing, and because uh, I, I think I think everybody who makes comic books should make every aspect of comic books, whether mm -hmm. it's the ambitious level of doing all of it, like you just stated, or mm -hmm. even if it's just saying, "Hey, I'm going to write a story, and someone else is going to draw it." Because just that process of writing it and letting it, and then working with somebody else to make sure that it becomes a thing mm -hmm. is a, is a, is a skill set that you, you can kind of like make yeah, it better. So, yeah. And that's why I wish I started earlier because it, when, when you're young, you definitely have a lot to say. You don't know, you don't have the means to say it, yep. but you definitely had a lot to say um, when you're young. Whereas later on you have that filter that yep. kind of eats away at that, that voice, but you know, hopefully, now I think I do have something to say where yeah. I can actually do that. Here, the, the, I, the encouraging thing is, is that using my 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 twelve theory, is mm. that you can absolutely tap into all of that at mm. any time. Like you can actually like get into that point where you, what you felt when you felt that little excitement in your belly, you know, when you're like, that's the thing that I love so much. Yeah. You could recreate that when you're when you're writing the thing that you love because right. then yeah. it, it's still there. It's all there. Right. It's um, buried deep inside. Yeah, sure. You, right. just want, right. you just need to unearth it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Responsibilities, responsibilities, and self consciousness. So it's like it's it's all mm -hmm. in there. But the thing yeah. is, we we can we can get past all that. Whether whatever tools we choose to you know mm -hmm. use, whether it's you know journaling, meditating, you know talking drinking whatever the thing is that people end up doing but right. the thing is they they can they can be they can be tapped into so like i i yeah i mean trust me and you know and if you ever have any questions about it man i'm always around to talk about it because i mean it's it's, it's, it's a, well it's a huge thing it's a huge yeah. thing to be able to get over that so mm -hmm. and uh you know since the since the message boards are gone you, you're gonna have to find different ways to get that <laughs> exactly yeah well thank you very much thanks for the offer yeah anytime <laughs> um all right you good was this good yeah you all right thank you thank you very much for having me on here um, i really appreciate it hey man it was it was it was absolutely my pleasure um 
Ron, I have to put the official music on. If I don't put the official music on, then the show doesn't end, and then we're stuck here for eternity. So, Ron, <laughs> thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you very much. Go find Ron. See, and anybody who says that, like, I missed, I did leave his name. I I spelled his name right at the bottom. So just go to ronsalis.com. You can find anything Ron there. Until next time, um, Ron, I'll see you uh, in Charlotte soon. Yep. Yeah, see you. See you there.